Hi there, and welcome to Nix's podcast, Aims for the Stars. And today we are going to sit with Kill All Remain in Life and find out a little bit about them and all of their new releases they've got coming up and the release they've actually got out. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself today? Hi, uh, my name's TJ. I'm the vocalist, and um, I also do uh, keys and programming in the band Carl Kill All Remaining Life. Um, originally, this project is from Jacksonville, Florida. It's now more active in Utrecht, Netherlands. My wife and I moved here about a year ago, so I've been still keeping at it. Um, my other band member, is his name is Josh Johnson. He's still back in Jacksonville, Florida. We still communicate and send each other stuff on occasion. For the most part, I am running this whole thing by myself, but he's still there, though. Um, so it's still a two-man project, but I'm kind of running the, the thing right now for the most part. That's a lot of work. I appreciate that. Um, me and Mel have the same type of relationship with our work together. We have to wait for each other's times to be just right. So I totally understand you there. So let's find out how you got your band name. How did Kill All Remain in Life come about? Well, my friend Josh and I, um, we, we've known each other since elementary school. And in high school, we actually started this project, but we didn't have a name for it at the time. And I want to say this is back in 2006. I had a friend named Ivy who, this is a strange story, but she hated my name, TJ. She just gave me the nickname Carl with a K for some reason. And this was the most weird conversation I've ever had. She says, I don't, TJ, I don't like that. I'm going to call you Carl. And later at a band practice, um, <laughs> under the influence of something I won't mention on here, but uh, <laughs> um, maybe cut that out. But, uh, but basically at band practice, we took, we were talking about, we were talking about the name Carl and we turned it into an acronym. Um, we were at the time we were actually kind of big into black metal um, we wanted to do that, but we couldn't get the band formed for that. But we love industrial, so it kind of led in that direction. So um, we called it Carl, and then we turned it into Kill All Remaining Life as, I guess, like an acronym. And that's kind of where it came from. It, it came from a, a friend in high school who gave, us, gave me that name, and <laughs> we turned it into the band name. And that's a great story to come from the name that obviously someone wasn't collecting there in their minds that you actually had your own name. So to bring something out about that and it be a symbol almost of what she'd done, <laughs> what she yeah. said. And, and the way, the way we kind of look at it too, it's, it kind of pairs um, in a way with some of the themes to our songs. Like um, a lot of our songs actually have a very anti-war message. The name comes off as something intimidating, but if you really kind of listen to some of the lyrics in our songs, um, it kind of explains how we're doing that to ourselves. Um, in the previous album, we released a uh, Tractus. Uh, we wrote uh, a two-part song called uh, Terra y Sangue, which was inspired by the war in Ukraine. And it's just, about, I guess, the chaos that ensues around what people cause. There's never an end to the um, to what you see on TV with people doing that to each other. So it's it's not as intimidating as it's meant to sound. I swear, like you know, or you know what I mean. It's not as intimidating as it as it sounds overall. 
That's it. And it's like a lot of people draw from experiences or things that they see and a lot of things that people see in the media, you know, what we're shown, it can cause a reaction within ourselves and to see that people have come up with music from their moments. So like, it's it's very special to catch them with people and especially when you get to find out yourself what the meaning is. It, it's perfect to understand what you're trying to get to in your, as yourself as a listener. So it's it's always good to take that from an experience because you hear it deeper, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when, when we were writing, uh, or when I was writing the album uh, Tractus, um, I actually wrote like a lot of that out. For, actually, for the most part, I wrote all of that. Um, but... Um, I drew a lot of inspiration from what I kept seeing. Originally, a lot of the album was going to be based heavily on like um, mental health. That's always been another focus in a lot of our lyrics uh, in the past. But I, um, at the time I was writing this, like the war in Ukraine was heating up or you would see another mass shooting on TV and it was just like, okay, it seems like things are getting progressively worse. Like, I know that these things always happen, but the way they really shove them at you, and especially at the time where there's, like, you know, an election year coming up or they're talking about that, it's just a lot of politics and people being angry and killing each other, and it's just... I mean, it seems, it seems like a basic uh, concept, but when you really think about it, the human mind absorbs all this always. We don't really focus on anything positive anymore. So there was a lot to really fixate on this album. Definitely when you've seen things that are bad, but within that song that you wrote there is, and even the sounds themselves, it feels like it's around you. So as you say, with the chaos feeling, it, you do understand that totally through it. It's gently introduced and then in it comes and you feel that straight away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how was music introduced to you? How did you get your influence as a youth? Um, my mom uh, my mom actually got me into the music that I'm into now. Well, at least the industrial music side of it. Um, when I was young and we were riding around in her car, um, I would always she would always turn on the radio. At that time, they were playing bands like Front 242 or Tears for Fears or Depeche Mode. So, yes, I love metal, but I love industrial and that synth wave and that 80s dark wave style that was on the radio at the time. And I always loved it. It had this dark, um, some of it had this horror movie, you know, soundtrack kind of vibe to it that I also grew up to love. Um, but, uh, I, I guess I want to say my mom actually got me into music. Um, she got me into a lot of the music that I listened to. Um, she had a big vinyl record collection and she showed me the different types that she was into and, just always listening to the radio. I, I always had it, you know, around me. Um, one of my favorite bands growing up when I was really young, I, was, I loved hearing Depeche Mode on the radio a lot. Very relaxing, but at the same time, very meaningful in everything they do. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's always great as well when you get it from your parents because it, I think it sticks with you longer or like a family member or someone that was close to you growing up. Um, even for myself, I look back and even grandparents, what they've listened to, it always touches something in your mind and in your soul at the same time, always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as I as I got older and I, as I started like working in high school, um, actually even before that, I would ask for CDs for like my birthday or Christmas and 
Um, when I was young, one of the things I got was a box set from Cleopatra Records uh, called Industrial Madness. And I still have this box set, but um, this song by my favorite band, Project Pitchfork, um, called KNKA, and specifically the Climax version that's on this box set and on the, I think it's called Psychic Torture EP. Um, as I kept listening to that and as in high school when I was still listening to it, um, I was like, okay, I, I really want to, this is that song inspired me to start writing music. Uh, bands like them and Spawn Ranch and Electric Hellfire Club, they were all in this box set. It was just like Pandora's box opened up to me and <laughs> all this different stuff was just flooding out to me. That's it. It's made up, like you say, with a synth. There's so many sounds and waves to take you where you're going. And once you can put your music into that and on it, obviously you've got to find where to place everything. But once you've got that in and locked in, it's it's just addictive. I love it myself. So how would you describe your music altogether? What would you say what it was that you'd like to portray out there? Well, I mean, in the, in the last album, I portrayed, um, as I said, like I was initially writing on mental health. Um, the first song that we released from that album was called Shutting Down. And that was about giving in to the, you know, soul-crushing self-despair that some people feel like uh, mental health is um, a big issue in the U.S., in my opinion, that's largely ignored. Um, and it's... And we, I feel like we've all been there, and and it doesn't help when you're trying to find a coping mechanism to get to that, and you turn on the TV or turn on the radio, and you see somebody who shot up a school, or you see some, you know, I'm not going to pick a side here, but somebody you know who's lying to you in the political field, and it's it makes you feel like you really that like there's like this the sense of loneliness in your home. Like <laughs> if you step outside, there's chaos. If you step back in, yeah, you're safe, but there's no one out there that really understands you. And, um, but one thing, um, I will say too, and we were writing about this when we were younger is we learned to question everything, like what you see on TV, what anybody tells you what's going on behind the scenes of like a war, whether it be overseas or something that can be brewing at home. Um, it. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of fumbling on on how to explain this. <laughs> okay, take your time. Um, I I want to say that our music is inspired by the the human experience, and lately, and really, if you think about it, since this project formed, there are good things that happen in the world, but you're not ever shown that. In fact, uh, one theory, kind of going back to one of the previous questions about the name, somebody came up with a theory that the whole kill all remaining life was like a biblical term because somebody mentioned that um, the penance for sin is death and it, everybody sins, everybody must die. Of course, we didn't base the name around that, but um, I guess it's kind of fitting when you think about it. Um, but not all my, not all the songs are meant to be like sad and depressing or anything like um we have a song called i know that i wrote back in 2010 after my grandfather died and he was a very inspirational person to me um and i wrote a song for him and what you know what that meant to me or what my life with him growing up with him meant to me and um 
I did the same thing recently with the stars. My uncle passed away in 2020 and he was very supportive of my music. Um, he went to my first show. He, he, uh, he actually went to some of the crazy shows that normally he wouldn't have gone to. We opened up for the Jenna tortures <laughs> and he went to that and stayed through the, through almost the whole thing. But, um, but, uh, he was very supportive and, um, I wanted to write a song about him and how it, thinking about him helps me get, you know, inspires me to keep doing this. I even wrote a song about my wife and how she inspires me and, and the album Tractus. It's great when people can collect that energy and use it and also explain what they're trying to say within their music. Um, you definitely complete that with all of your music and you can hear the emotion for it. But like you say, if you're somebody who sits there at night time, like you turn the TV on for that last bit of the night before sleep and it's the news and it's always propaganda pushed in your face more than sometimes you could imagine <laughs> and you feel choked up. Or even if you're looking at something on TikTok or Facebook and a story comes on where someone's been hurt, it really hurts. And it was, sometimes we do have to draw from experiences to release them. So it's always good when you find bands that sit down and, and like to release what's actually in there. It might, like you say, not be a negative to release that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's important to... Um... Like, I guess for me, my inspiration for on the positive side was the people that were directly in my life, you know. Um, I mean, I, I've met some artists who say, that, oh, we found my, I found my inspiration in God, or you know what I mean? Like, they find their inspiration in other places, and that's great. But um, it, it was nice for a change to find something that, <laughs> that wasn't about war or something terrible to write about. But it, it's important to mention it, too, you know. Yes. So who has been your inspiration? I know you said your mom in the beginning was the first person that got you there into music, but who, mm -hmm. which artists really got you there? Um, my my favorite, um, like, I, as I said, like, I, like when I was younger, Depeche Mode, I loved hearing them and Tears for Fears and Front 242. Um, but the bands, the two bands in particular, like right from the get-go, well, I guess maybe three, um, mainly for the style that I write, Project Pitchfork and Spawn Ranch. Um, these two industrial bands were severely influential for me. Um, Skinny Puppy as well, but uh, those two in particular, I would I have all their albums, like hard copy, CD, box sets. Um, uh, I also want to say, um, as far as like like um, inspiration too, because this this man went through a lot of BS in his life was Jonathan Davis from Corn. Um, I listened to a lot of corn when I was young and I still listen to them now. And that man went through a lot of crap to get to where he is. And he's, he doesn't care. So many people hated him when he started off and look at where he's at now. Uh, he's a huge inspiration for me, but, um, but yeah, like riding wise project pitchfork and spawn ranch, they, their sounds really inspire me. They really have it together there with the the sit down flow, and you can enjoy all of their albums. Like you say, they're just fulfilled with everything. Yeah, yeah, and and this was back in the time too, where like um, I I I love the idea of a physical copy of a CD or, or an album or something because you can read their lyrics, you can see what they wanted you to see on there, and and that, and I appreciate digital music and all that, but. There's nothing like holding a physical copy of what your favorite artist put out there in the world for you to see. 
it's more personal, isn't it? The feeling yeah. of being with that band and enjoying it at like yeah. a personal level. It's very personal, yeah. So out of all of the times that you're sat there having to do all this work and get everything sorted to get all your music out, do you ever get time for some hobbies or have you got any passions you like to follow? Um, well, I mean, I um, hobby-wise, I mean, I mean, music is, is a hobby for me as well, but I mean... I enjoy, I enjoy like the occasional video game. Um, I also I'm big on history. What I what I'm actually trying to finish my school for is I, I want to become a history teacher. I would like I would love to teach history in high school. Um, my my dad was a uh, well he's my stepdad but he's my dad. He was more my dad than anything. I, he 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 was a teacher. Um, and he helped. Uh, you know sometimes I'll like when I'm in my hometown if I meet one of his students will tell me about how inspirational he was. And it was it's inspiring me to want to be a teacher. Um, one of my sisters, uh, Carly, her name's Carly. Um, she, she's a principal and she was a teacher before. And I guess it's kind of running in the family too. I want to be a teacher, <laughs> but history is important to me. So, you know, it is a very special role, isn't it? To teach. Um, yeah. When you feel like you're at that stage where you want to pass on some information, especially if it's something that you have a passion with, it, it's a total go for. And the, the children appreciate it completely. Like even remembering myself from a youngster, I loved history. I enjoyed it completely. It's a really nice route to take, that is. Yeah, I, I um, uh, one of my uh, favorite teachers, my history uh, teacher from high school, he, he would um, not only would he teach you about a subject, but he would bring in probably questionable, like questionably violent movies about the topic of like World War II. Uh, he would dedicate a whole day to it because he really wanted you to learn about something. But no one in that class failed. They were intrigued enough, to, you know, enough to actually want to, um, I don't know, I, I just want to be, I want to be like that as well. But I still want to keep making music too, so. <laughs> and you do find a lot of musicians do want to teach. They, they feel like even if it's not music, they just want to pass on the information they're feeling and understanding themselves, um, especially when it's historical. There's so much out there to get over to children's day. Well, yeah. obviously you'll be going with the high school lot, so you're going to have to get tough for them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in a high school. It's all good when they're enjoying themselves. It's just our influence, isn't it? It's it's getting that out there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a. I guess it all depends on. I mean, it's it's all in the individual students themselves. You know, every student's different. Um, every home's different that they come from. You know. Of course. So we do a lot of work at the moment on social media. Obviously, you're talking a little bit more about our media side throughout music now. How do you think that's changed now when it comes to the elements of our music? How does that work for bands, do you think, for yourself even? How is that a personal experience now? Oh, um, oh God. I, all right, so, so we formed this band back in 2006, 2007, that, that time frame. Yeah. And now back then, MySpace was the thing. And even then, I mean, no one really thought much about promoting it on there. You either had a website of your own or the way we were spreading our, our uh, message was we had a local record shop that took our first demo and sold it for us. And we sold through a lot of copies of them and it was actually a very rough, not very well done demo, but 
you know, we sold a lot of them, but um, we we didn't have the digital uh, media focus that they have today. Um, I want to say up until like, initially the band split up in late 2011. And going up to that, we had a Facebook page. We didn't even really have 100 followers because we didn't understand how to do that. Like we would go perform a show, we would sell CDs. People didn't know where to find us after that. And we tried to do the whole Facebook thing, but at that point, uh, everything kind of fell apart. And I rebooted this project, I want to say back in 2018, uh, 2017, 2018. And, um, and my wife was explaining to me the difference of me back then versus what it's going to be like now. A lot of this is going to be social media based, and I'm terrible with it. <laughs> For the longest time since 2018, um, up until I want to say 2021, 2022, um, Carl could not get more than 60 followers on Facebook. And I just, and I tried the whole, like you pay a little bit here and there to promote it. Facebook, um, they send a, your message to the wrong people. So you have people putting the laugh emoji on there or the angry emoji because it appeared on their feeling like, who the hell's Carl? That's creepy. who's this guy grunting into a microphone um but one thing i found as i started like learning more how to use this and learn how to use instagram instagram was a struggle for me too um was i found pages like uh rock rage radio and i saw this thing on there that said um post or plug your band in here now it's a picture from a from a movie i forgot the movie but it shows like a military officer saying plug your band links in below and it's been spreading around so people plug in their band links and initially it's a follow for a follow but then they start listening to each other's music and they did this to bypass the whole facebook thing where you pay them so it's a music community built by musicians like um, Anger Overdose or Storm Kingdom, who I've been talking to a lot on there. Uh, Lomax is another great artist. Um, she does the same type of music I do in Lowe's Project Pitchfork. And I uh, just met so many good people on there. And they've helped, we've helped each other grow. And fans have been able to reach out to us. Um, and it took me forever to grasp that concept. Um, it's same with uh, Instagram. The whole hashtag thing threw me for a loop. <laughs> I didn't know how to use a hashtag until like two years ago. And that's grown a bit. And I've implemented dark photography into um, what I post on there. Uh, the album art for Tractus was taken in a town called Pesca in Italy. My wife's Italian, so we were visiting some of the towns around there. And she told me, why don't you implement photography into some of this? Give them something to look at. And I had no, I would never have been able to get this far without people explaining this to me. I, I feel like, you know, this old man that <laughs> just walked into, like, got his first laptop and he's, this new age just hit him or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's my personal experience with it. Um, a lot of younger people are making music and they have this already. It's like they were born with a tablet in their hand and boom, their, their music's all over SoundCloud and millions of people are hearing them on TikTok and all that. And I'm trying to figure out how to upload something to YouTube. <laughs> it's definitely a, a trip. I believe I'm like, at the same club. 
I mean, I think it's a it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Um, the like, uh, you definitely. Um, it depends on the type of music you make. If you make industrial music, it's or music like this, it's hard to get out there using social media when you're starting over again. Um, if you're in most other popular fields, people are going to kind of gravitate you towards you know towards that more. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that. Uh, they're going to gravitate towards you more if you do something more popular. But even then, it's kind of subject to you know how relevant you stay. And that's it. And it's like the type of listeners that are looking for your music. And like you said, you you already know there's there's a group of you now who you've managed to expand with. And yeah. It's great that you can see like-minded people, but not just that get to speak to them on a personal level. So you know kind of it's a comfort blanket to know you are doing the right thing you're in the right places i dare say you know so social media it doesn't all have its negatives but like yourself i've took my time to grasp the situation of technology <laughs> and it does take time but once you get to it and you realize that it's actually opening to different places it you're invited and you have a try it's the best we can do <laughs> and eventually we will learn and it'll come along yeah, it, and I i mean, it's like people were telling me to put my music on TikTok. I think I have, I, I've used some services to get my music out there. And um, I mean, granted, I know some of my tracks are on TikTok, but I don't know how you're going to do TikTok dances to some of my songs, nor that I, do I really want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you do it, I appreciate it, but I don't understand the TikTok culture versus what I'm doing versus what a lot of people are doing. So it's just a new thing to me. It's not anything I'm against personally. It's just like, I don't understand it and I'm still learning about it. Again, I still, I recently learned how to use a hashtag and that's really helped me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like I kind of didn't understand that. And then I had to start scrolling and trying to understand how you do it. So, and then all these new questions they put, if you tag the fifth person and they're the person buying you dinner tonight and yeah, I just, leave roll <laughs> I didn't know yeah. what to do. <laughs> but, but one thing I will say that this has opened um, artists up to and I mean I know a lot of us know to be weary of this um, on Instagram this is more prominent I recently I posted another picture and I'll put the hashtag Italy hashtag this and that and somebody says hey you should send this picture to this page that's all about Italy. I'm like, yeah, why not? So I send it to this page and they're like, Oh, you take really good pictures. I'm like, are we really? Um, okay, thank you. And they're like, we would love to show this to our followers. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's these different packages you can pay for. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wanting, you know, your PayPal information and all that right from the get go. And it's like, okay, you shouldn't have to pay for, certain things you know i mean yeah you should pay for some services but they're gonna they're people always trying to get money from you from that and that's one thing i've figured out from the social media side of it <laughs> it definitely has been made uh, very expensive but at the same time not always releasing enough back for you to try and put more in yeah exactly like um like um a lot of artists on spotify don't make a lot for each playback that they get and they can get thousands of playbacks and they probably don't even collect like a hundred dollars at like halfway in the year or something. Not that of course we're in this for the money, but when you dump money in there to get it out and they want to put it out there, but they're taking like a massive cut of what you're 
you should be getting back for it. Even Snoop Dogg, I saw in an interview, he was calling out the streaming industry because he says back when he was selling physical copies, if you sold a million CDs, you got quite a bit because that's a physical copy. But who determines how and why you get the amount you do for a song that gets played across the globe? You know, it's it's kind of strange to me still, but... You know. I do recall on that myself, and and obviously our local community, they they all feel the same in certain ways, and I have had that already in some interviews myself that people feel that way, but if someone is putting you on a platform and you are out there and you're getting lots of listens, it, there's a little reward that you'd probably like to feel from doing that work. I think yeah. that's probably where it comes from. Yeah, I mean realistically, like if I sell a CD. I'm putting it into the next project because it costs a lot of money to have these CDs made. And where I'm at, I had to have the CDs made in Florida and had the artwork made here and then put it all together here in my home and then send them out. So it took a lot of money and time and paying import taxes to get all that together. So definitely takes a lot of time and energy, but then the money on top, it's a lot of worries when you're a band, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to stop now and we're going to take um, a little moment to listen to your With the Stars and then we will pop back and we'll have a little listen on how you came about that and we'll have a little chat. Okay? Okay. So let's go.
Okay, so we just listened to With the Stars. Um, that's a very, very deep song there. Um, would you like to tell us what you were trying to get across there? Well, okay, so so my uncle was always so supportive of me and, and everything that I wanted to do. Like, um, I, whether it be traveling, whether it be wanting to learn to do something, and especially like when he came to my shows um, or our shows, as I should say, um, he he was just always supportive. He knew that I was entering a field that's not very easy to get into. And a lot of people were constantly reminding me of that, but he was there every step of the way. So my uncle passed away in 2020 from cancer. And um, he didn't get a chance to really hear this project. He supported so much in its, in its full form. And I... I actually kind of struggled to write a song about him because how do you, it's the same, it's the same way that I struggled to write a song about my grandfather. Like how do you express how much you really care and love about somebody who's not with you anymore? And, and you're nervous about it coming out. Right. And my uncle, 
celebrated everything. He his favorite holiday was the Fourth of July. He loved blowing shit up. Um, he loved fireworks, and he had a very funny, sometimes mildly dark sense of humor. Um, so some of the lyrics I implemented into that were kind of you know uh, metaphorical to fireworks, and I released it on the Fourth of July for him specifically. Um, I'm in the Netherlands. I'm away from my family. And this was my way to celebrate it for him was to release that track on July the 4th. And um, it's also going to reappear on a compilation that I'm going to be remastering some of our older stuff um, that he actually listened to at our shows a while back. And uh, that compilation will be called Dying Memories. Um, I don't have a specific date on that yet. That's that's going to be a whole different project in itself, but that will be um, that song. Will this is like the first single from it, basically? It sounds like that you've gone through obviously a hard phase there um, with grief, but what come out of that and through your expression has has come out a very very good song there. No, oh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it was a. Uh, it was um, it was hard. I know it sounds kind of weird. It's kind of hard, but easy. It's easy to write about someone you love. Like I, I wrote a song about my wife, and I could write a million more about her. Um, same with my grandfather. But it's it's one thing that's hard is knowing he can't hear it, hear what you put out there. But I still do it for him, you know. But also, that's a way that you know. There's there's no real way that you're supposed to go out there and mourn. And if that's your way of doing it and it's your release, then we're glad to be a part of that and hear that. <laughs> well, yeah, th- thank you. I, no, it, it really is. It was when, when I when I had finished recording it, it felt great. You know, as, as a like- listener, it's always nice to hear like it's not always nice, but it's it's always great when people can express themselves and you might not know how to do it yourself. And just understanding what you're saying in your music, it's always a tap in there for yourself to take note sometimes. So we've talking before about your music and how you get it evolved and how you work on it. When you're out there in front of an audience, what are you feeling there for yourself? How does it go for you there? It's well, it's been a long time since I've done a show. Um, Some shows have gone bad. Most shows have gone good. Um, for me, I I love expressing myself um, musically, and when I'm on stage now, of course, when you step up on stage, I don't know, most people don't feel this, but for me, I'm kind of nervous at first after that. But um, uh, actually, uh, a band that helped Carl kind of start up a bit, uh, they're called Earth Empire. Uh, my friend um, Rick told me before I went on stage at my first show, he's like, you're going to be scared as hell about this first song, but once you get past it, you're not going to want to get off stage. And he's right. It's an adrenaline rush. It's an, it's better than any, any kind of drug or high you've ever felt. You're on stage, you're doing what you love and people are vibing to it and loving it. And you're getting them to move. Even people who may not like the type of music you're doing, if you can deliver that energy and you feel it back, it's just something continuous. And the only thing that messes it up, is when you look at the sound guy, he's like doing this, you know, telling you what it's time to get off stage. You're like, damn it, just one more. <laughs> but it, it's like a big endorphin rush. It's 
it's it's indescribable. I really it's, hope to do it again soon. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, it definitely becomes addictive, doesn't it? When people can just relate to what you're trying to get out there and they're right in front of you and it's right in the moment and it's all yours. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about a few musicians that have inspired you. Have you ever had advice off a musician that's really stayed with you? Yes. Um, so when I reformed this project, I want to say um, 2017, 2018, I was starting to uh, reform it and I was working on a song. Um, uh, a band that I listened to since like the early 2000s uh, called 51 Peg. The vocalist, uh, Jeff Sargent, um, I actually was in contact with him on Facebook. Um, I, actually, I talked to him on occasion. But um, at this time that I was doing this, 51 Peg was coming back with their first album in, in quite some time. And I asked him, how does he get past the nerves of, um, you know, just trying to basically build up the guts to sing again? Because I, I, at that point, I haven't done it in years. And he said, um, just lock yourself in a closet and uh, sing your fucking heart out. And and hearing that from somebody that you really like, <laughs> you know, like their music that was so inspirational to you, um, it, it was enough drive for me to, to release this song called Ambition, which led to the Rapture EP, which was our comeback EP it was a little bit rough, but still like, it was like, Hey, we're back, you know? And I truly have him to thank for that. So that, that still sticks with me. Like if I ever have these moments where I'm about to record and I feel very doubtful, I think about that one moment and you know, whether you're singing or not, sometimes you have to go into a closet and scream your fucking heart out. (laughs) That's it. And we're not all as lucky and there's lots of musicians out there who haven't been lucky to come across somebody to just give them that advice. And obviously that stuck with you. It's very much there in the front of your mind when you're going to perform, which it's always great to have an influence like that just come into your life and just stay there. It's magical. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful um, to have had that conversation. We still talk on Facebook on occasion and it's and it's really cool, like... He's an amazing artist. I, they actually just put out some music recently, and it's amazing. It's always good when you're a fan as well as somebody you can get in there and have a chat with them as well. Yeah. So when you've seen the success, obviously, of the artist, obviously you've put him quite up there on your pedestal of musicians in your mind. What would you define as yourself as success as an artist? Well, I mean, that's kind of hard to... To um, it's hard to define at this level. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not like um, I'm not very. I mean, like we yes, your followers can grow. Um, I'm in a field of music that's not played like say Taylor Swift or Beyonce, and of course, no disrespect for them. It's just a different genre of music and what's popular and what's and you know, it, to me, if if my music is heard. And maybe it helps me, me, you know, that person the same way that my favorite artists have helped me. That's that's a very big thing um, because uh, you know, the music is my music is inspired by personal things that I've gone through or things that I witness. And um, Jonathan Davis from Corn, like I went through um, being bullied in school a lot, 
and he got through that and hearing him when I was young sing about that and really put that aggression out there as a big F you to people who put him down and he's okay. If, if I can have any kind of effect like that on anybody, that's, you know, that makes it all worth it. But, um, music is the, to me, the best form of therapy. And that's something that really money can't buy. A lot of people measure their success in the, in the music world by how much money they have. And honestly, like, if a lot of people are hearing, you know, my music from all over and they like it and it's helping them and it, they can relate to it some way, I mean, that's something that money can't buy. And I mean, of course, you know, if you, if you sell a CD or if you get some streaming rev, it's, that's cool, but you know, but it's in the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm not writing it for that, for the money. If I did, I'd be in really bad shape <laughs> right now, of course, but, but uh, no, we write music for different reasons and, and I, um, yeah, I'm kind of running out <laughs> to answer that. Well, you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be absolutely surprised how, out there people feel just the same way they just want people to relate to what they're trying to say and relate to what they're trying to get out there with their music and you know there's people there's bassists who sat there there's people who've been playing on the drums for hours and hours there's been vocalists learning for hours and hours and then coming together to try and collect it and make it work and it's it's not always about success it's about that challenge of getting each other's time and having some time to just enjoy the music and not always have to feel so you know in there of having the nitty-gritty about it and like you say all the social media side trying to keep up with that you both can have time to enjoy what you've made and be humble about that a lot of people don't want to be in for the money now it is just because they want people to enjoy the community enjoy each other's music wake up every morning and just know there's someone on your wavelength and if not one many more it's it's a great feeling in that manner. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I mean, as far as like the whole like success and money goes, like like um, I, I have like here in the Netherlands, um, our our new album, like some of the CD copies of it are available in stores here. But I sometimes I think to myself like, how cool would it be like? If somebody got the same feeling I got like when I went as when I was young and I went and I picked up a CD. And not only did I, um, you know, support artists I love, but like, say, like, you're connecting to with, with them on a personal level, you're reading the lyrics, or you're seeing the artwork they put into it. And it really helps with the whole message you're trying to get across. And it's something that they relate to that's even better. It's that's something, again, that money can't buy. It's, it's being heard by people that can relate to you. A lot of people can go back and experience that moment. You, you know, it's, definitely a special moment when you know that that's your music you waited for it's come out the art like you say is just what you expected and and that thing is the most specialist thing you've ever picked up like back in when I was I was gonna say back in my day that's terrible <laughs> but, <laughs> but back when I was younger <laughs> we're all saying that in. now <laughs> <laughs> I think so um but back then for me it was a case of I, I knew my band and I wanted it and I waited and we had Woolworths and you'd have to wait in the queue and once you got it it was just the best thing ever so you know no one's really picked up on that in my interviews and 
No, it's definitely a special moment, that one. If anyone did, for yourself and obviously the listener, you never think about that rawness. Yeah, or even like if you didn't even know the artist and you randomly picked it up because it just looked appealing. Yeah. You know, like um, like it, it's how I... Um, it's like that, like there's this, uh, that box set industrial madness. Like you randomly decide to pick that up and it's a bunch of artists you would, you would, you've never heard of. And then you branch out and explore all these different, you know, routes. And uh, it's amazing. I actually, I really miss those days because it's mostly digital. There's a lot of record shops here in the Netherlands and they're really cool. But I, I think that, I'm I'm kind of thankful for the whole new vinyl generation because it's kind of revitalized that it's really bought, brought more personality back into the, and you know into the music industry. It's just so damn expensive to make vinyls. <laughs> I'm working on that part next, <laughs> but that's going to be a while. <laughs> there's a few people starting to open up vinyl shops over the US and the UK now, and they're trying to get it out there for people um, and get it about. But like you say, it's it's still to make a bigger movement. We definitely need our records back. And still people talk about cassettes. They still love that that feeling of being young and having their tape set and cassettes. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, for uh, like, a, I want to say like maybe if it was, I think it was last year. Yeah, my wife and I got to see churches. And their new album, Screen Violence, we got a limited, like, blood red copy on cassette. And I was like, wow. man, I haven't purchased a cassette since I was like six. <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> Has all I the just, artwork that folds out. This, you know, it's. <laughs> a little squeak as you open that rawness that's just, oh, fresh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that that's coming back. Um, there's actually a, a record shop here in Utrecht. And this guy uh, presses cassette tapes and art for these local black metal bands. So it's kind of like back in the day when you wanted to hear a black metal band, you had to go that route and get old cassettes or something. And Yeah, I always used to end up like that in HMV. It, it, like you said, if you just see something really appealing, oh, mm-hmm. I'll give it a try. It's over on that section. We'll, we'll try it. <laughs> you yeah. have to do that. It's how you and evolve. Then- yeah, and then two weeks later, you yeah, have their whole discography on their shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saving. <laughs> yeah. You always had to save back in the day. Lots and lots of work for me anyway. Um, does music help you in other areas of your life? Are you finding that sometimes when you just need to get away from it all, you're delving into your music? Yeah, one thing that I, I actually appreciate about my job because it has its ups and downs um, is that they don't mind you plugging in your music. So if somebody really pisses you off, you can just really tune them out. And when, I mean, when you're sitting in a forklift all day, you know, it's great to have like your Bluetooth speaker and your phone hooked up and you can just have a whole library of music, you know, cause you can't bring CDs or things into those things, but um, just, it, it really helps you vent and cope with things or, um, you know, in some cases, like if you're having a hard time falling asleep, it's music's just, I mean, for me, it, it helps me like to listen to some music before I go to bed personally. Um, it's always been a big uh, therapy or coping mechanism for me. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's other ways it helps me, you know, personally. Music does take you away. It takes you into different places, especially like, say, if you're trying to go asleep and you get into the blend that you're trying to be 
comfortable with and just rest with and that can range I know for different people some people like really raging music to get to sleep to and some people want it like whales <laughs> some people just want it nice and calm or something very emotional to just chill the night off with and obviously you have our romantics as well <laughs> I'm yet to find romantic rock synth <laughs> I mean I don't think there's been anything really like that since the 80s though I mean no <laughs> new freshness there you go <laughs> well i mean like there's the harder version i feel like maniskin might bring that back at some point they're kind of yes, definitely yeah they're in that type of vibe aren't they yeah i mean maybe with not so much the synth part but it has that hard romantic vibe to it you know <laughs> the extra rose petals on i'm yeah. not going to that <laughs> <laughs> so when you've um been going along in your life there if i was supposed to i don't know back when we were kids, turn around and say, right, I'm going to put a curse on you and you can only listen to the same song for the rest of your life to now, how, which one would it be or where would you go there? What stayed with you? Oh, man. Um, oh, I always like throwing this at people. <laughs> you know, I, I really got to say it. I've probably mentioned this song two or three times in this interview is KNKA by Project Pitchfork. Because so Pitchfork all the way through. Yeah, I mean, well, specifically, like particularly the, this song, because yeah. it's so it's so relevant, especially to now. It's almost like they were trying to like warn you, like almost thirty years ago, like, hey, this this is happening. Like um, the lyrics in it. You know, we hate nature, we love our wars, we believe in our religions. Like, it's the basic nature of human beings broken down into one song and about how you're going to destroy the home that you should have to try to create the dream home that you, you want. And, and we're all killing each other for it with our machines and you're killing nature. And it's just stayed relevant the entire time that that song's been in existence. And you turn on the news or you hear somebody talking about like a forest that burnt down or some kind of crazy fire from climate change. It's all there and it's all related to this song. And actually that, the album that it came from in general. You get a lot of people who can foresee and they can just understand the world they live in. And even back in the day since Brotherhood of Man, when even that was going, that was just full of corruption and hate so it's there's always been somewhere along in society where there has to be someone with a gravitation towards people to just push them down a little bit more than when they're feeling it already um <laughs> definitely with that one <laughs> but no we're seeing it again today but we're watching a resistance i think some people now don't want to take that and especially like within our music communities, people who are in the makeup communities, people in fashion. And like, I know you said you're not massive on TikTok. I'm not, I'm a bit of a flick through and I'll have a scroll. But you do see there is these collections of people now. They're starting to become a bit of a group and it's nice to see people are trying in different manners. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, like, you're. I, I feel like, you know, I really wish they would actually play that song more and more you know, for the people to hear, because like, if you think about it now, like you have uh, people who are revolutionizing the fashion industry by recycling clothes instead of throwing them in a landfill. And it's producing some pretty amazing results. <laughs> um, 
I mean, yeah, again, I, I love physical copies of, of CDs, but, and things like that. But on the same side, you're wait, you, I mean, you don't have to print up millions of CDs. Some of it can go digital and you're not cutting down trees for paper, or making plastic for like, not everybody wants that. Cause if you think about it, a multi-platinum selling album from like a long time ago, probably still has hundreds of thousands of plastic copies sitting somewhere that no one's going to touch. They can stream it. But then you have people like me who kind of want it on the shelf too. So I don't know, but there's many different ways that these, um, that people are seeing how to revolutionize the way things are done. Like the whole Facebook community, they, um, Facebook tried to charge lots of money to get your music out there. You pay them and it would yield very little results. But this music community comes together saying, Hey, you follow me, I follow you, we listen to each other. And at first it seemed like a cop-out, like, oh, you're just going to follow me and that's just going to boost my numbers. But no, we're all gathering each other as as fans. They're following each other, waiting for the next song to come out. Their fans are coming in and they're all meshing together as one big community. And it costs zero dollars to make that happen. You know, it's something that's amazing. You don't have to go broke to promote that way. It just takes your time and patience because I say patience because we're all sitting there in the community waiting for them new songs to come out, especially when someone says, right, release on this date. And you want to know that it's coming out. It's part of the community's know-how. We all need to know that that person's song's coming out. And you never know who you may be sharing to on your branch because that person might be able to send it on to someone else who you've never met in your life that's actually influential somewhere. So you never know where your music may reach or who or why, but sometimes it's just, it just clicks somewhere for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, like some, some people view it as like, um, like a not very efficient way to get legitimate followers, but it works. Like all these bands are supporting each other and their fans become your fans and vice versa. And everyone just like, Oh, you know, the discover you like different types of music and all these different people from all over. And they're nothing you're really going to hear on a major radio station. And it's kind of sad. I mean, again, not to discredit like big names like Beyonce or Taylor Swift, they're good in their own rights, but these big names overshadow millions of, well, probably not millions, but like thousands and thousands of, of, artists out there that are that deserve to be heard and they're struggling to be heard it's like now spotify's open it's almost you feel like any obviously band lab and things you feel like you're missing something why why are they like as a listener you sit there and you think why are they not on my radio station why are they not there i'm hearing this for myself because I want to, you can clearly see that it's got lots of people who've been listening to it, even if it's got lots, but if it's got fruition and it's going round and you can see clearly it's in your face, it's something that needs to be listened to. Um, like you say, no disrespect to obviously the, the stars who are up there, but while they're all over there following where they went to eat today or what handbag they bought, they could have been somewhere listening to something that they'd never heard before. Um, I'm seeing that so much myself. Like, obviously, I'm not going to know all the bands out there. So when I do hear a new band and you actually sit and listen, there's so many different types of work coming out of just rock or out of indie, you know, all these different places that even some people are trying to bring back, if not make bigger, it's, it's a really, really cool place right now to be in the middle of and just see all these ideas swimming around and it's like a rush of music. 
and everyone's just really hammering it out and there's not anything you can say bad about it and just enjoying everything. Yeah, and I mean, like, um, look at hip-hop, for example. Like, uh, there's, like, a handful of rappers everybody knows, but, like, I mean, again, not to discredit them, but, like, from from my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, there's a lot of people that do hip-hop, and they're damn good at it. Like, uh, I got two friends named Joey Tech and Jay Fee, and they make some really good compilations together, and, and even separately by themselves, they make really good music, and... I hope one day that they get the same breakout that a lot of these other rappers get because I mean, yeah, again, little Wayne and all these other rappers are great in their own respects, but there are so many people that fall in their shadow. Um, I would like to hear more bands like the Pesh mode. I love the Pesh mode. I love hearing new music by them. I love to hear them play an artist like them alongside them on a radio station, you know, people need to be exposed more completely. And I am glad that, you know, there is a more exposure now than what we used to have of obviously word of mouth, but it's a little bit more than that now. So we are getting help, but like you said, even in the hip hop industry, people just don't understand how much talent's in that, what it takes to actually have the brain to do that, not just the mouth. It's a very fast paced thing. The same yeah. as you do, you've got to be able to hear what goes where in the music. You can't just throw something in there because you wanted to. It's all got to blend. So people don't understand the time that's been taken when it comes to looking a little bit the other side of the box sometimes. Yeah. Well, we're going to be coming on to our next song in a moment. But before that, have you got anything new coming up? Is there any new albums or anything like that we're to look out for or... Well, going to be giving us. Yeah, like the um, my aim is for the end of this year. Um, it just depends on on how how it goes. Um, I want to say like I, I'm I'm halfway through completing this uh, compilation of remastering some of our older stuff. Um, that that song with the stars is the single from it. That's the new song that's going to be thrown in with some of these older songs that I'm kind of re-recording to some extent and remastering as much as well as I can. Um, I am writing another EP. Uh, that's a little ways down the road. I, I'm going to need some more time on that because that's just a whole new project that I'm going to be starting from the ground. I'm writing it lyrically, but um, but I got a lot of work to do, you know, <laughs> as far as preparing that. But I will definitely be posting more information on that um, in the near future. But yeah, definitely there's there's more Carl coming down the road. Well, we're going to take two minutes now and we're going to take our time to listen to your next song. And if you'd like to introduce it, I'll let you go ahead. Okay. Um, this is a single off of our last album, uh, Tractus. This song is called God is Watching. Let's go. Dead line. 
like rain, bullets are pouring Thousands are dead, and the numbers are soaring We've just been listening to Tractus. We're going to learn a little bit more about Tractus now. And it comes from a very good album, which you all need to definitely tune into. So how did it come about? So the album, uh, the album Tractus, um, I started writing uh, this song called Shutting Down. Um, and the song, that song in particular was very heavily fixated on mental health. And during the writing process of this, my wife and I went to Italy and I, uh, we went to this town called Pesche 
um, which is Italian for peaches. It's this beautiful town. Half of it's actually kind of abandoned. It's this beautiful mountain town in the Molise region. And um, it just had this, we went exploring all throughout this area. We went all the way up to the top where a lot of the homes were destroyed from previous earthquakes. And then lower on the mountain, you can see where people are still living in some of these homes. And I just started taking pictures and the front cover of it was actually a picture of a window, but the picture blurred. And when I edited the picture, it looked like it created its own pathway. And if I remember the exact translation, tractus, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is Latin for drawn or drawn pathway. And the a lot of the inspiration came from walking through this town that is just so old. And you could kind of feel this life that used to just team through this town, like just pulsate through this town, but it's not there anymore. It's, if that, it's, it's like walking through a house that you know is full of ghosts. You feel the life there and what it once was. And it was just very interesting to see. And so I started taking pictures. And um, when we came back to the States and I finished shutting down, I started, um, it was a very political year that um, you were were turning on the TV. A lot of politicians were shit-talking each other from both sides. So that really started influencing some of the the work for the second song I released from it called relevant antichrist. Um, personally, I don't pick a political side to me. A lot of the way people are now, you're only voting for the lesser evil. Everyone's evil and lying to you, in my opinion, not that it's just be a pessimist, but you kind of learn to really dig deep into who you think is going to promise you everything. And, um, as I, as writing progressed for the album, um, I was just observant of like the war breaking out in Ukraine, like really going full speed and um, just seeing the way people were seeing more mass shootings. Uh, That's where the song God is watching came from is seeing just these tragic events that unfolded before people on TV, like uh, the beginning of the song. Um, Of course, this happened years prior to this um, was uh, the first, the beginning of the song three thousand dead on a Tuesday September morning references nine eleven fifteen dead on four twenty Columbine years before but these are all repetitive cycles that people keep going through again and again sixty one dead like rain bullets are pouring actually references the Vegas mass shooting at that concert um, I wanted to numerically reference this so people actually look up what all this is because there are people. To most people, they see, they turn on a news article and they see, uh, um, oh, look, another mass shooting. Um, so and so, how many kids died? But really, they're not taking time to look at the faces behind that and the people that are actually the victims of all that and what we're doing to each other. We keep this this repetitive cycle going. So it, it sounds like this whole album is inspired by things that are just negative. But what should have been like just an eight track album. Um, but eight songs, not the actual eight track, you know, from back in the day, but uh, that'd be kind of cool if they brought those back. But, um, anyway, uh, it actually evolved into 10 to 12 songs. Um, there's a version on the, the CD that's 15 songs, but, um, 
but it just kept growing because I kept, I wanted to build upon with more inspiration. It became more personal with songs like Profound, uh, which was about um, my childhood and certain things. I won't go into t- details on here on the interview. Um, uh, a song, uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, which references uh, one of my wife's favorite movies, Alice in Wonderland. And I wrote that as a song for her. Um but it kind of spiraled and went in all these different directions. And that's kind of how Tractus came. It went from what should have been like half a year to make this. It took like a year and a half to actually fully compile it. And I did half of it in Jacksonville, Florida. The other half I finished here in Utrecht, Netherlands and released it over here. And that's, yeah, (laughs) it kind of went all over the place, but... That's it, and your music has has been, like you say, it's been about world problems or things that have gone on that's been in that eye, and, like, God is watching. Everything that you've put lyrically in there is something to listen to and understand, and that elongation in the middle there, it's time to think. I enjoyed that bit where you could just have, (laughs) there's a reflection time and some really calming music at the same time, so you're hearing what you said, but you've got time to think about it. There's a nice space in there for that. Um, but you know, there's there's times and there's places where people try and put themselves forward through music, and they're trying to find a message or they're trying to find a way of getting out there with the message they want to the right people in the right places. Like, where are you thinking that the music is changing things for the world now? How is that working for you? Well, I mean. I'm sorry if, if I may ask. Like, how do, how do I feel like how how the music is changing the world around us? Or yeah, like what's it doing for the world around you? What what do you think music's doing for it, especially your own? Well, I think that I think that um, not that I, not that I'm saying anything bad about where like my music, like you know how most people say like they want to get out to mainstream. Yeah, I think that a lot of people that write the music I write. Or um, and there's a lot of artists that write very deep music where there's about personal problems or mental health or anything going on in the world. Those songs don't get played um, out there in the mainstream. To me, now here's the thing: that doesn't mean that people won't hear it. Um, it, it eventually it'll find its way out. Um, like uh, for example, again, blow up again. Project Pitchfork or Spawn Ranch, but anybody on that box set. They, they're probably never going to get played on a massive radio station, but it reached somebody like me in a country where all you heard was pop music on the radio. Um, when you think your music isn't going to get heard, it's going to get heard. Um, I still think, though, as far as the world changing, unless it's somebody big singing it, no one's going to hear the message. They're only going to want to hear what you want to hear. You're going to hear... Um, a lot of songs about partying and dancing and, you know, the birds and the bees and all that shit. But like, you're not going to hear any, you you rarely hear anything about these topics. And now granted, some people would argue, well, who wants to hear this negative stuff on the radio when you turn it on, but you tune into it anyway, when you look at vice news or CNN, which people are glued to their phone watching. Like there's a minute there's a school shooting. You can't take your eyes off your phone and you're looking at it day by day. We spent two weeks looking at the Titan sub sinking and it's, it's a tragedy no matter how you look at it. But we ignore the fact that 500 people went missing in 
um, off the coast of Greece, a bunch of refugees and another boat went missing not too far from there from what I read. But um, again, all these tragedies, all these things that we write about as musicians, at least from our level and our way of thinking, we write it. Our world is, is observed by us, but as far as the mainstream music world goes, we're, we're not being heard. That message isn't out there. Sounds very negative to say and very downing, but what I'm trying to say is, is like no matter what you have to say and no matter how you feel it's being heard, uh, don't stop saying it because somebody's going to hear it at some point. And I'm not discrediting the people who are out there is making all the big music that you're hearing on the radio station, you know, the Jay-Z's or the Taylor Swift's or any of them. I, I respect them entirely and what they do, but... Um, but uh, I've heard a lot of musicians talk about very personal things that a lot of people can relate to, and they will never, unfortunately, be on the same level as that. That's kind of a shame, you know. That's it. And we pick up our ideas and our influences from things around us. Um, obviously, like you said, you get people who will take personal experience there or they'll go into more about what they're seeing in front of them and how it's affecting their lives daily. And we all have that soft spot somewhere for something that's affecting us that, you know, we have to get out there and let people listen to. Um, it's always, it's positive, even though you're seeing, I know what you mean, you, you don't want to make out it's negative, but we are allowed to talk about it. We are allowed to think about it. So sometimes we need to find where we can place that. Um, you find yours in music, but then like you say, you get a listener, you just don't know what that's done for them and, you have then been out in the world and done something for somebody without even if you noticed it or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we all observe the music world in different ways. And it's just, sometimes it's, again, a lot of, a lot of the music can be sad or a lot of it can be very happy, but when you turn on the radio, you're hearing the same 10 songs over and over again on repeat and nine out of 10 times they're about the same damn thing nothing really like that you can relate to you probably just hear it in the car just so you can get to work without screaming at the person next to you in traffic that can be it and we don't want people feeling like that it needs to be a place where you can use it like you say even in the car just so you can chill out at work somewhere like yourself where it's you know you go out for the day music's around you but what music you choose to listen to and what influences yourself, you can share that onto other people. You, without them even knowing, you've just listened to something that put you in a good mood. And now they're getting that positivity too, so it's it's all good. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the part now, which is Melanie Nix's favourite, and she always asks all of our guests, and I'm going to do the same, is this great question, and it says, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, God. <laughs> a very hard question for some, but no answer is wrong because it's it's yours. Um, well, I, I guess my younger self, I would tell. Um, I guess it all depends. If I may ask, this is probably not really um, relevant. Well, well, maybe it is. How would you feel as a musician getting out there in the world? What would you tell young TJ? How, what to expect or not to watch out for. <laughs> well, one of my biggest regrets in this 
was there was a period um, where as the band grew in size, there came a point where it broke apart. And it's not that I was mad specifically about that because if there's conflict in the band and the band would split apart, you know, as a band, we should all love and respect each other's differences. What I got mad at myself was about, and I carried it with me for years, was it discouraged me from writing for years and I let it. And um, I was uh, listening um, to some of my favorite bands. So I, I, was listen, or I was living in Japan for nine and a half months back in 2015, and I was listening to some of these bands that inspired me at some downtime from when I was in school over there. And um, one of the people that I lived with in the share house was asking me about the type of music that I liked. And I, a few beers in, I admitted that I was in the same type of music like I, you know, I used to be. And I found some of my older tracks and I started passing out these demos throughout the house and they all got good feedback. And it reminded me of why I got into it, you know? Um, and years later I would get back into it. And again, in 2017 and 2018, I would hear one of my favorite artists tell me to scream my fucking heart out <laughs> in the closet. Um, Perfect. And, and, and it, and it worked. I, I would tell, I would tell him this young TJ, the same thing, like um, don't get discouraged because you're going to have things that come up. There's always something that delays an album. And you know what the thing too, is when you're on social media and you're like, Oh, it's coming out next month. And then something happens because always something happens and you have to delay it. And you feel stupid because you told a lot of people don't feel stupid. You know, don't feel discouraged um, because things will happen that delay you or stop you dead in your tracks. And you got to find a way to fix the parts and keep moving again. I waited too long to get back into this. And there were times where I really missed writing music and I wasn't doing it. So basically, I'd tell young TJ to just not get discouraged ever. And that's great advice because, like you said, it's it, you can't really ever look back and regret too much because they're all lessons in life. They're all things that teach us for the next time. And you never know if that's the route you were supposed to be on the whole time. But, you know, when it comes to yourself, it's taking care of yourself and, like you say, giving yourself that encouragement sometimes and reminding yourself that a pat on the back can be had. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do see a lot of people in just even in general life they put themselves down more than anybody else could and I'm just as bad and that discourages so much from yourself and takes that time of your mind away and you can't physically think about putting anything on paper because you have all this in front of you that's took your time or you've made that more relevant than the time you really could have actually took away and wrote something or done something for yourself but I think until you understand and define what your time means and what actually what doing something for you means you won't get that concept and if you're at that part of life where you're still in that concept and you're still learning it it's always great to get advice from people like yourself and say you know that it, it might be for young TJ but someone listening now who might be up and coming or are really trying to get out there or get their music listened to it's always great advice for them as well. Yeah, and and another thing I would say too is is um, and, and I see this a lot um, 
well, not a lot, but on occasion, I'll see somebody on there who's who seems like they have a purpose of discouraging people. Like they'll hear something that doesn't vibe with them, and they'll completely shit on this band. Or maybe their demo is rough and it just doesn't sound that good. Um, and they just shit on them and tell them to stop doing it. Don't stop doing it. I mean, my first, like our first rough, I keep saying my, sorry. <laughs> our first rough demo, um, though it got good feedback for what it was, it sounded like shit. But you know what? It's okay because it was a stepping stone for where you're going. Sometimes I'll look back at some of my recordings that I'm getting ready to push out there. And I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I did that better. But you push it out there anyway. And you keep getting better and better as you keep going. Um, you know. Everything takes time. And people just need to be patient with themselves more than the world around them sometimes. Yeah, be very patient. I, I wasn't too patient when I was young. But none of us are when we're young. No, it's the fast wildlife, isn't it? Yeah. So where can we find you on social media? Where are we going to get your music and any merch links? So we are merch links. We are on Bandcamp. Um, just type in a uh, Carl as the acronym K dot A dot R dot L dot. And then in parentheses, kill our remaining life. You'll see our logo come up. Um, same with Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're on there as well. Uh, we're on Spotify um the new um for spotify and youtube our new uh artwork for with the stars is that's what they assigned for it on there for the profile picture um we're also on line music in japan and we're on quite a few like we're on deezer and amazon as well like we're we're out there on all the major streaming platforms so you've definitely been busy there yeah and you don't sound as technophobic as you're making up. Because <laughs> that's a lot of places. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I pay a service to put me out there because I, <laughs> I don't have an individual account for all of them. Like, you know what? Do you know how to do this? All right, you do this. <laughs> I'm too old. I need one of them. <laughs> I can't Appa do all that. <laughs> apparently, some of our songs are on TikTok. So if you want to dance, <laughs> make a TikTok video. But, but I, I, I don't understand the TikTok. I don't, and again, I'm not trashing TikTok. I just don't understand it. I'm, it's something I never explored personally. Um, but um, we're on all the major streaming platforms. Merch like our CDs, though, they are bought on Bandcamp. I ship worldwide. Um, I've actually recently sent some out to the States. And um, if you're in the Netherlands, uh, Concerto Records in Amsterdam has our album, uh, Tractus. And in Utrecht, Plateau Records and Dig It Records has our album as well. That's a lot of people. You've been very busy. And it takes a lot of time to get that work around and get people to see it and appreciate it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, for delivering the CDs to these record stores, I would actually, like, I work really early in the morning, and I do, mm. like, a lot of warehouse work. So I load up my backpack with the CDs. So after work, I bike straight into town. I'm like, hey, do you want to put these on display? And... <laughs> amazing that you can do that though that's really good yeah it, it kind of reminded me like when i was like our first like our seven track ep we call it the 420 ep because like it our though we started in 2006 and 7 none of our recordings really released until like 2009 when we were out of high school but um there was this record shop in jacksonville beach called uh um i think it was a cd connection 
And it was this cool record shop and it was ran by a really cool crew. And they knew that our, our demo was very rough, but they saw a bunch of young people really wanting to push a demo, not only just a demo, but it's industrial music in a town where hip hop and country and metal are like reigning supreme over everything. So they were playing our music on their intercom. They sold their more than half of them, but I, we, I remember riding my bike up there and putting them on display and how awesome it was. And it kind of felt good to do that again because, you know, it's just most people are only able to distribute online. I'm, luckily, we're, I'm blessed to have like all these record stores around me that I can just walk into and they're very open to local music. That's really so if, cool. Yeah, so if you are in, in the Netherlands and you go to a record shop, you're going to see a lot of independent artists there represented as well. They love their music here. And as a listener, that's brilliant to go around and just see different artists. That's supposed to be very cool for yourself too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like uh, black metal as well. My wife loves it too. So there's a lot of these independent black metal artists that have their stuff on display there. It's like we always have a, you know, infinite library to pick from. <laughs> There's so many people who want to go over to Europe at the moment and feel that it's supposed to be absolutely a great feeling at the moment to just get over there, even if you're just somebody going to watch a festival or a show as well. It's supposed to be really hitting it hard over in the Netherlands right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of concerts and festivals. Actually, um, uh, what was it? Um, I believe it's in September. My wife and I are going to go see the Sisters of Mercy. They're coming here to Utrecht. Oh, which wow. that's really cool. Like I've always wanted to see them. <laughs> and now they come in where you actually live. So even better. Yeah. Like that's like a 15 minute walking distance from where we are. It's like really cool. Like the sisters of mercy are going to be right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be camping outside. <laughs> yeah. And we, we recently saw Villa, again, pronouncing this incorrectly, Villa Vallo from him. He came to Amsterdam and that was a, a hell of a show. Wow. Yeah. He's a real cool guy, too. Yeah, he really is. Okay, well, we've come to the end of our interview. I'm going to say absolutely massive thank you to yourself. It's been a great interview. Um, and to have all of the information there for each song, um, there's some very deep meanings there for us all to listen to. Um, and definitely get out there, Mon. I can't wait to hear all your new stuff that you've got coming. You've already let us in a little sneak peek there. So I am really looking forward to hearing that myself. Well, thank you so much again for this opportunity. I, I really appreciate this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, we've definitely had a great time. It's been great. We haven't got too nitty-gritty on each other either. There. We've been well balanced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a thank you from Nix's podcast, Aims for the Stars. Don't forget to catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and there's plenty more. Have a look on the website. Don't forget to have a look at our merch as well. So that's a massive thank you to everybody listening and a big, big thank you to you, TJ. And see you soon, everybody. Thank you so much. See you again. Bye.